Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. So glad to be with you, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ who has been born and who has been risen. If you have a copy of God's Word, I'd invite you briefly to turn to Matthew chapter 2. We are going to be focusing just on one verse this morning, verse 11 in that chapter. We were there last night. We're back there this morning. I trust the Lord's going to reveal to us and encourage us from his word again as we celebrate the birth of Christ. But before we uh, read verse 11, let me just pray for us again really quickly that God would, by his spirit, use his word to encourage us this morning. Father in heaven, we give thanks for your word. We give thanks for the message that it proclaims to us that Jesus Christ has come. He has died and he has risen And it is uh, this hope that we join together in remembrance this morning. It is Jesus Christ who we join together in worship this morning. And Lord, now as we look at verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2, would you encourage us? Would you again move us to greater worship as we meditate upon the person and work of Jesus Christ? We pray in his name. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, let me read it for us. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, like no other day during the year, December 25th is associated with a lot of different things. And one of those things is gifts, right? I imagine a number of us Uh, perhaps this morning or later today, have given a gift or received a gift. There's a lot of children in here. Maybe you're hoping to get home and play with your gift that you opened or open a gift later today that December 25th is known for gifts. And we're going to spend a few moments. I want to focus our time on verse 11 because I believe verse 11 shares the most famous, well-known Christmas gifts ever given because they were given to Jesus Christ. And we read that it was the wise men that gave these famous gifts. Now we can speculate and wonder who the wise men were. We know that they're men from the East and we can imagine and get caught up in some of the the details that Matthew, he just just doesn't write about, right? There's, There's so many ideas and so many hypotheses about who they were and where they were from. But the reality is Matthew doesn't record that. He doesn't record what they were wearing. He doesn't record how many there were. There was at least two, but there could have been as many as 30. Uh, we, we have our, uh, that Christmas song, We Three Kings. That is not scripturally accurate. We actually don't know if there were three. There could have been more. There could have just been two. But what we do know is, as, as we heard last night, and as we heard as, as uh, Will and Evelyn read Matthew chapter 2, is that these Gentiles came and worshipped Jesus. And notice in verse 11, it says, In going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They didn't worship Jesus and Mary. They worshipped him, Jesus. Gentiles coming to worship. What we see in this story is that these wise men, they did know who Jesus was. They recognized who Jesus was. And by faith, They gave these three gifts. And as much as Matthew doesn't include and reference who these wise men were, what they looked like, how many of them there were, he references their gifts. 
He doesn't just say that they opened their treasures and they gave to him, but he lists three gifts intentionally. Now, you, you've probably gotten gifts over the course of your life. I hope so. If you haven't, I want to apologize to you. That's terrible. But you've probably opened a gift at some point in your life on a birthday or on a Christmas morning or, or around the Christmas season. And there's certain gifts that are a little more encouraging to get, right? We love our grandparents, but socks isn't the most encouraging gift you can get, right? Sometimes you get that gift on a birthday or, or Christmas morning and there's thought behind it. There's intention behind it. They didn't just run out to the drugstore and get some chocolate bars and give it to you. You know that they took time to give an intentional gift. And what we find in these three, three gifts is that intention of the wise men. These wise men didn't just gather everything they got and went on their way to worship Jesus. They brought with them three intentional gifts that point to and foreshadow and acknowledge the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And the first gift we see is gold. They gave gold. And it makes sense that they would give gold, right? If you're familiar with the gift of gold, it's, a, it's the medal of kings. That as they gave this gold, they acknowledged, they recognized that this child wasn't just any old child. This was the king the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And as they gave this gold, they were acknowledging in worship that this child was the king. We see a second gift that they gave. They gave gold, and it makes sense why they gave gold. They gave frankincense as well. And it's interesting, frankincense was used, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, in the worship of God in the temple that it was often mixed with oil and used to anoint the priests of Israel. And it's also interesting to note that it was part of the meal offering of thanksgiving and praise to God. It was always used in these praise and thanksgiving offerings and never used in the sin offering. Never. And I believe as the wise men gave this gift, they were recognizing and foreshadowing and pointing out that this baby was without sin, was perfect. In fact, in this gift of frankincense, they're acknowledging that Jesus is the Son of God. He is not just a man. He is not just a man born of women. He is the Son of God. They recognize this, and they gave their frankincense. They give one last gift. It's kind of an odd gift. They give myrrh. Now, if you were to give someone myrrh in the time of Jesus, it would be, at, at worst, it would be offensive, and at best, it would be very, very odd. Because if you're familiar with myrrh, myrrh was used really for a singular purpose. It was used for embalming. It was used to prepare a body for the grave. Now, that doesn't make sense to give it to any child, but it makes sense to give it to this child because the wise men knew that this child wasn't just born, he was born to die. That they recognized the single aimed purpose of this baby, this king, 
This sinless king was to come and to die on the cross for the sins of his people. Now this morning as we celebrate Jesus Christ and the coming of Christ, why it's so exciting and why it's such a celebration for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ is because it is the appointed time in which God would begin this redemptive plan in this time of history to bring about the redemption for his people. That Jesus primarily wasn't born to heal people from their blindness. He wasn't primarily born to heal people from their leprosy. He was primarily born to die on the cross for their sins. And there's a sense for us that, yes, we're not going to bring our gold and our frankincense and our myrrh, but there is a sense in which by faith we come and we worship the Lord Jesus Christ and we recognize by faith that he is the king, that he is the sinless savior, that he is the one who has come to die for me. And I want to challenge you this morning. Perhaps you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You have not, like the wise men, recognized who Jesus is in his sovereign kingship, in his sinlessness, his perfection in his deity, and you have not recognized that he has died for your sins. This morning is an opportunity for you to bring those gifts and to recognize who Christ is, what he's done, and how he's died for you. So as we close, and as I pray for us, and as we think about and give gifts today and receive gifts, would we think and ask ourselves, have we given in faith these gifts to the Lord that are rightfully his, recognizing his sovereign rule, recognizing his perfection in deity, and recognizes, recognizing his single aim purpose, to die for my sins. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we give thanks. We give thanks for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We give thanks for the life that we have in Jesus Christ, the joy that we have in Jesus Christ, because yes, he's come, but he's come so that he could take our place on the cross and die. He has come so that he could defeat our greatest enemy, death. That he could redeem us from the sin that so closely entangles us. Father, we ask and pray this morning that as we go about this season of celebration and joy, would we not forget the reason, the celebration and joy that is in Christ alone. And I want to pray for the one in here who has not ascribed to you your sovereign holy kingship, who has not recognized that you are the Savior who is sinless and the only one that is able to redeem them from their sins. Lord, I pray that they would see that there is an opportunity before them right now in faith to acknowledge who you are in worship. Father, we commit ourselves to you and we ask that you would get all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.